1: Welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dupuy. Oh! oh Pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, <laughs> round table discussions, and a round of the week complete with a buddy quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to so look ahead to AEW Dynamite
2: tonight. That is if it goes ahead, Sid, Oh, you can't have out in 2022, <laughs> can you? You just can't have out. I've got a confession. right? I'm a generally anxious guy. I overthink things like the week before uh, Rampage the First Dance. All I could think was, they haven't mentioned his name once they've sold a 20000 a building on the, on the strength of this guy. coming. what if he pops a lateral flow? And <laughs> it just completely goes wrong. As I, my stupid brain works this way. And the biggest TV match in quite some time, I know they've just done two Paige Danielson matches. Yeah. This is probably bigger in terms of just it's CM Punk versus the guy you dreamt of him feuding with if he ever came back. And uh, there's going to be like 10 inches of snow in Chicago um, that might prevent... Fans from even entering the building. So yeah, there's a big storm um, developing in Chicago at time of recording. So who the hell, who the hell knows? I'm
3: like remarkably untroubled by this, considering how serious it is starting to look. When you see pictures on Twitter, like I like the idea that everything is just going to be fine. I like the. Possibility that you're going to fight, like for this match, especially the raw, the crowd is probably going to come close to Punk's debut or, for example, off the top of my head, an F and Premier League hat trick. And like you could, have a situ- <laughs> you could have a situation where if it's looking dicey for a second and like they might not get in the building, Punk can actually use that. Everything has got in the way of this match, including Chicago's weather. Even that is against me, but not tonight. It was my destiny to fight MJF. I did everything I possibly could, and not even that snowstorm outside could keep all of you from seeing what I'm going to do tonight. You can just have so much fun with it because this is like, if it was WWE, other than that one time where they absolutely had to and f- like filmed Raw in the, like, the studios, they'd no sell it. This is like something that's a little bit funny, a little bit cute, and as long as everything is fine... This is the company that can actually do something with this. Open
1: the show with the lights down and Cody just stood in a coat in the middle of the (laughs) room. We have been here before, fans. (laughs) Poor Austin Guns, they're like, time to go to work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But let's start, yeah, in the most obvious place, Sige. CM Punk versus MJF. Fingers crossed, obviously everything goes ahead. Is tonight the night that MJF ends CM Punk's winning streak?
2: Yes, it is. Yes, it is, and I'm not just saying that because it fits my own invented narrative of them doing a dog collar match at Revolution because they don't do things by accident in this company. They like to manipulate little nerds to issue about certain <laughs> fantasy booking scenarios and the repeated Piper references. Um, look, they are telling a pretty classic pro wrestling story here and honestly it's just nice to see CM Punk be able to do it. It's nice to see him tell a story as this sort of returning folkloric figure in pro wrestling without having to just relentlessly relentlessly argue against this machine like in a good classic professional wrestling story which I think CM Punk has just been desperate to do since like 2005. He just happened to work for a promotion and for much of his time since that doesn't do classic pro wrestling storytelling well. I think the baddie beats the goodie through unfair means and the babyface gets his bloody revenge, but you have to pay for that one. I just think it's a really neat way of CM Punk finally getting the chance to just explore a traditional form because the traditional form realistically is pro wrestling mm. done at its best. So I think they do the stepped up rematch at Revolution. Idiots. Morons will say, 50-50, the trader wins. It's like your beloved WWWF.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> they did this booking because it's classic pro wrestling booking. The heel cheats to win, so it's not really a win. It's just something that pisses you off and encourages you to buy a ticket for the real quiz.
3: Just imagine in WWWF Gareth. Yes. With the <laughs> picture of Bruno and the avatar. <laughs>
2: Head of the table. <laughs> Acknowledge me. <laughs> it's not them winning, it's them cheating, Mm. and MGF's a perfect heel, he grasps this, and CM Punk will surely win in the end, and there's ramifications with other storylines, but Michael Hamlet, because we're such nerds, have been discussing this over the desk, so I will hand over to him for his prediction of how, um, the predictor <laughs> of how, in fact, MGF arrives at this win. Before we talk about the quality of the match, because I'm a nerd and I want to talk about that as well. Yeah,
1: well, it, there's, not to go full Bully Ray, but like Sid has alluded to there, the heat yeah. of Punk's losing his undefeated streak in Chicago is, is so exciting.
3: Just a note as well on that, because obviously people will make the Bully Ray connotations. This sort of thing is earned. WWE made a habit out of it, bastardised it, like they bastardised everything. But AEW have earned this because so many people have been given this wonderful hometown reaction that you do one loss in every 15... And that becomes the... And this becomes the rule-proven exception. So that I've was really fun.
1: Go on. I've just had a real, like, vision of tomorrow morning on Twitter. And I, it's not looking pretty, I'm afraid, boys. Because there's going to be people going, like, hmm. You know, the hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, CM Punk lost in his hometown on Dynamite. Well, Angelo Dawkins won. So, it's <laughs> the show now. Of all the weeks. <laughs> but,
3: uh, no, um, yeah, we, me and Cedric have some pre-show convo about this. It doesn't have to come up when we're doing NXT 2.0, does no. it? There's always <laughs> bits that we've enough. already discussed. So... I've mentioned this on loads of podcasts, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll be boring news with it now. I'm obsessed with this idea that Punk brought to life that MJF needs all these advantages, Wardlow, the ring, all that kind of thing, to get to win matches, right? So I've got it. In, I've got this finish in my head where Wardlow is wearing the ring. MJF tried to use it and it's been thrown out, but Wardlow's put it on and sort of had a look at it for a second. You've got the nice dramatic moment of what it would be like with him with a diamond ring. And he swings for MJF, <gasps> but MJF ducks and he clocks CM Punk. So MJF beats him with the headlock takeover pin because Punk's knocked out. And then MJF's won. Obviously, all that heat, all that good stuff. But MJF and Wardlow are giving each other the look. And MJF's like, I know what you're doing there, but he's wanting to celebrate the win. And Wardlow's like, that's cool. He's down on the ground. It's all good. It's all good. So the one Punk's words have been proven true that MJF can only win when he's got Wardlow, when he's got the diamond ring. And it's after being in front of MJF verbally all this time and seeing the future and seeing it all play out, he's seen it too well. And he's been hit in the face with it, rather literally, but in a way that perfectly continues the Wardlow storyline, gets us to the cool, stipped-up match for the pay-per-view. And one other detail as well, I haven't quite figured out which one it's going to be, but I tweeted this a few weeks ago. MJF going with the Candido trunks when they were in... I forget where. I apologize. And the Austin ones were in the text. The, the stunning Steve Austin ones have felt like Digs at CM Punk. He cuts the pipe on promo in the Austin shirt. He had no gimmicks needed. Chris Candido's nickname tattooed on his hand. It's got to be Ace Steel or Colt Cabana tights for uh, MJF tonight. Like you know, Colt Cabana Band or something. Well, you know how it used to have the singlet with like the boom in the cartoon graphic. Mm-hmm. Like MJF maybe in the cartoon oh. graphic in Chicago, obviously with a little. Um, because Cabana had the yellow, he had the Chicago Stars, but it was in like a red and yellow motif. So those down the side, like when Punk wears the, like across the back, something like that, an allusion to Cabana or A Steel yeah. on his trunks while they're in Chicago. Cabana, because no one, realistically, respectfully, A yeah. Steel, I don't think would register even
2: among the super The WWE
3: Austin ones are quite a deep cut. Yeah. But like, but yeah, it's like the Cabana ones, but the way to mention it without it, mentioning it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah,
1: like A
2: Steel's deeper still. Mm.
1: I just want to give him a bit of my fantasy booking before we get your thoughts yes. on what was going to be a sensational match because I think, in all likelihood, it's probably one of the ways that you two is going to book it. But I'm here, so I might as well do something. I don't think he needs to, to cheat to beat him. Obviously, I think he's a far better professional wrestler. Oh, God. He's so shaggy, man. <laughs> but what if? All right, for argument's sake, to get to the dog collar match because I think that's a genius bit of booking. He does okay. He does cheat? You know, uh, Sean Spears gets involved with a chair, or like you say, Wardlow does something, or he just. Low blows in whatever it is. And, we, I mean, we did see him last week, but not very often we see Tony Khan. And he storms down to ringside to change the result. But before he can get there, MJF hops the rail, blows him a kiss, and legs it out of the stadium. There you go. That's my bit of fantasy for tonight. If things were
3: going to play out exactly like they do in WWE, Tony Khan will come out, and then Shard Khan will come out and sack him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the quality of the match, though, Sid.
2: Yes, I think... Like, the noise, the sheer noise that they're going to generate might make this a bit of a bad, and it's a halfway facetious take that I'm about to give. (laughs) The noise matters a lot in Dave Meltzer's star rating system, right? I love Dave Meltzer's star rating system. I'm usually quite aligned myself with it. It's such a great shorthand when you're really becoming a nerd and getting into like the whole global reach and the historical pull of professional wrestling, it's such like it's like the chapter points on like a streaming service of like where do I need to go? What you hear about these great eras of wrestling, they're very daunting. Like where do I start? Multi-star the ratings, they're very valuable.
1: Should have should have already given MJF a five-star rating, but still
2: they're going. I'll <laughs> be on a match with five yeah, stars. I would in agree. terms of the content, and the story they tell, they're going to work something without a care in the world. What the star rating is Exactly yeah. I think they might even go Like three and a half Four for the kind of match That I'm expecting them to work um, Just the beauty And the simplicity Of absolutely everything They've got this crowd The AEW fandom in general So hyped for this match Because they've not touched And they've teased the touching And they've teased the confrontation that they don't really have to do anything. This is, again, this is CM Punk telling the classic pro wrestling story that he never really had the chance to do in WWE, and he's going to milk the nuance and the spaces between moves for absolutely everything. So don't go in there expecting a blistering balls to the wall. Cody versus Sammy from last week. Yeah, don't go into that. Don't Go into thinking like this. Just enjoy the spaces between moves. Enjoy feeling it. Enjoy. Oh, not much is happening here because you're going to get it paid off eventually. Um So I think it'll be. A, it's not going to be a banger, and in, in fact, I think it'll be worked. Thinking we hate bangers,
3: we don't sloppy do being gritty and angry. Yeah, because it should be punk. Hate him. Yeah. MJF kind of pissed off with punk as well. Yeah. Is it going to open? Well, that's the worry.
2: And I've got a second question. I know he's the host, but I'm just going <laughs> to take his job. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I worry that it opens because if this opens. Like As good as the tag that we're going to run down imminently, stick around, is going to be, like, if Punk loses in Chicago, like, no match, no matter how good it is on paper, will stand a chance, um, using recent precedent to support this argument, Dark Order versus the Elite, five on five. I watched the Dark Order video for that and genuinely I got a little bit emotional. It was so powerfully done and it was so perfectly done because he lost and it's like, he's got this big grand video and then he lost. It was like, Jesus Christ. It felt like the gravity of it was so an enormous. So gutsy, wasn't it? What a gutsy so bit gutsy, of So like the gravity was like, Jesus, I can't believe they've done this. They've broken everyone's heart. And then FCR and Santana and Ortiz like, <laughs> really didn't get a reaction for what they did at all. I know it was a cursed match anyway, but even before mm. uh, that awful Cash Wheeler injury, it was like, oh, this is not working. It can't possibly work against this backdrop. I was exhausted after that Yeah, match I was exhausted. Tag match. Emotionally, Emotionally drained. Emotionally drained is the word. Um, so I know they want to get a massive match to capitalize on the Big Bang Theory lead-in. This one's too massive, surely. What I would do is I would um, have MGF and CM Punk cut the best promos that they've got on their lockers. They've got amazing ones every week, but like particularly up-for-it promos in a side-by-side, almost Rampage style, and then stick around, guys. This is your main event. You've been waiting for it for weeks. Look, listen to these fighting words, stick around at the main event because the, sh- the show itself is going to suffer. And I know... You're open
1: with Moxley as well. That's still Yeah, and he's a ratings draw yeah. as well.
2: Uh, I just think that this match is more important ultimately than the show, than the two hours. That's a weird, and not particularly pleasant, logistical thing to think about. Uh, but I would try not to do it. I'll just try to build it as a hook. Um, but It's yeah. really tricky, is it? Because it is like, we all know the, the site, it's not even
3: like, of all the complex sites, that probably always gone behind the scenes when it comes to AW was This is not a complicated one. They've got a big lead in especially now. Even when they didn't, they would want to try and get people straight away and keep them. From, like, from an entertainment point of view, it's killed quite a lot of Dynamite. Like, that, the example you've isolated is a very memorable one, but I've watched a lot of these live at times, and you know, we joke about the fact that I'm should, like too tired or it's one o'clock but the energy that you get at that like one o'clock start point is absolutely huge and the drop-off you get mm-hmm. around two in the morning uk time is not because it's two in the morning uk time it's because they've got nothing left like there isn't anything as big as the thing they've already given you and you can feel it in the building yeah but there's been some weeks where we've kind of complimented the rampage crowds for finding their voices again because it's like well where were we for the last 45 of dynamite <laughs> like you had not announced and it's They'll know that, like, the people behind the scenes in AW will be aware of that, but... It's just how much they care. There's got to be, the, the numbers is like, cl- clearly up to this point, they've been willing to make that compromise, but, I don't know, it, it does it does damage the reputation of Dynamite as a result of it.
2: Yeah, it does, big picture stuff, I would rather they just took the hit, mm. realistically. My question is, before we move on, is this going <laughs> to... Could you, very quickly, I should have done some goddamn preparation, but I didn't, Google Wednesday Night War. Yeah. Um, because I want to check the first demo rating that they ever did on October 2, 2019 to make this question halfway um, viable, because I think it's a monster that they probably will never recover. The only time they've ever done it was during the first dance. Is this as big as CM Punk actually coming back? I'd like to think so, but that's just a different animal completely. Um, Hanflet talks and bollocks for a second. Well, Why you look for? It
1: completely fails me. <laughs> I thought you wanted the eighteen to forty nine.
3: Is this not the uh, the sort of thing that Wikipedia provided at this? But they have a very very good Wednesday
2: Night War page. A demos in. I've just done it. willborn. Is that correct? Yeah, that's Jesus right. Christ. It's Christ. No, not getting nah. that. And not it's not that. getting that, which is a shame. Is this going to be like? Is this going to beat Raw, which got a point four something? Is it going to get into the point fives, basically, like one <laughs> point three sexy big numbers? When were the last there?
3: Like the, other than the punk debut, was there any it, even when it was peaking last summer? I don't think they're on the point fives then. Yeah, probably not then. I
2: don't know. I just I, this is the biggest one they've done since Grand yeah. Slam. I think it's almost like with respect to Danielson Page. Mm, it's yeah, a, it's like that
3: thing now where you don't want WWE to be right and wrestling be entirely about moments, but CM Punk's return was a moment. Ultimately, the moments are supposed to still lead to the matches. So it would be nice if that happened, if only to be able to prove that the old metrics still work and a debut was great. Why do you want to see a guy come back? You want to see him wrestle. Like, that existed at least once with, I would say, the all-out buy rate. Yeah, Give that to CM Punk. Kenny Omega, obviously huge main event, but you give it to CM Punk. This would be nice. It would be really, really nice if they could prove that the matches are still what pulls people as well. Because it's... Would w- like this would have sold out because Chicago's an awesome. It's not non- sold out. It's not sold out. I was no, just going to say this no. would have sold out because Chicago's
2: a hot market, but they've hit that market too regularly. Is the feeling? This well, then I would it. say
3: definitely not. If they can't sell the if the match can't sell the building out, then I would say demo wise they're probably they've not done it.
2: Decent. According to Meltzer, I'm just literally mimicking his take here. He's a business guy, where the nerdy, creative, inside guys. <laughs> um, according to Meltzer, AEW fans just spaff. Oh, let's come to town. Let's buy the tickets that We're going to buy, and they just do all of their business usually in the first like week of the sale, mm. and then after that, like hardly anyone buys, irrespective of what matches get announced. But they've done, um, I think, a time of writing close to about eight hundred tickets, which for them is like really impressive. So maybe the announcement of the match doing better business in arenas than the the genuine, so the general, AEW pattern might inform the rate. And I'd really like this to be massive punctured tweet out this afternoon in light of the weather that um, anyone that
3: attends tonight, if I beat MJF, everybody gets a free snow cone. Doesn't even need to deliver, need to deliver
1: it if he loses. Um Let's talk about the main event of, of last week, the lights out match that saw uh, Orange Cassidy defeat Adam Cole. We are presuming Adam Cole will be the uh challenger for the world title at Revolution. How do they start recovering Adam Cole this week. Obviously, the, the, the loss doesn't go on his record. That's the beauty of a lights-out match. But I suppose they do still have to do something to, to counteract the fact that people may say, oh, you know, why is he number one contender? He's, you know, yes, the record is what it is, but he's, he's just lost. How do you make, how do you convince me he's going to be, we assume, hangman page in a, in a month and a bit?
3: Well, Adam Cole has done this before by no selling it. Um, this was a trick that NXT played quite well with Adam Cole because he's kind of the perfect heel to no-sell a defeat that in his mind isn't a defeat, whether it be the undisputed era losing a war games match or a tag match or him being pinned in a multi-man match, things like that, he would be quite brilliant at no selling something for the benefit of selling the singles match, which I think not only because he's good at it is what they're going to do here, but because it mirrors AEW's booking as well. We had this exact same thing with Britt Baker last year and she kind of she dealt with that masterfully. Like, of course, you sell the physical impact, and Cole's great at that too. Like you can imagine, you can all picture times when he's walked around with half his body hanging off in bandages and things like that. He's, he's brilliant at that. So he, if anything, that's probably the fun way to do it. Adam Cole out, comes out with something bandaged, sort of visible markings of this war that he's gone through against. Him. Took a low blow, bandaged cack. Adam Cole comes out with a bandaged dick, and <laughs> like outside of his trousers, wrapped, mummified, a mummified penis. And, uh, so a few uh, extra
2: rules, obviously. obviously, <laughs> obviously <yeah. laughs> no, he's got like the, <laughs> the
3: taped ribs or, you know, the arm in his whatever, but refuses to talk about the defeat. Like he says, uh, you know, why I'm all here on Dynamite tonight. It's uh, because I want to talk about Hangman Adam Page and next week's title match or something like that.
1: My undefeated singles record. My
3: undefeated singles record. Everything that references where he is, other than what happened to him last week. It's probably going to be, I know you've asked this question partly because, like, Dynamite's got a Shallower card than normal, and it's like it's kind of bordering on that WWE, we need to look at what happened last week to decide what's going to happen this week. I wonder if this week's going to be one of those cheeky little Brandon Cutler. Are you filming this, Brandon? and he's going to say it's weird, that it is a bit yeah say, <laughs> it's for the Kenny payoff isn't it yeah. i would assume but like it's and for them to do a backstage thing but he's like you're filming this Brandon and uh, you hear Brandon's voice saying yeah uh, what is it do you want to talk about last week and he said nothing happened last week i want to talk about next week cuz next week it's going to be the AEW World title on the line i'm going to challenge the winner and stuff like that and you frame it so that um he's talking adam cole's talking off mic to like, and you guys definitely going to be there for me this week? Yeah, good. And you don't know if it's the Young Books or Red Dragon or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, because he's ever so slightly resentful of somebody. We just don't necessarily know who that somebody is. And then again, Cole can blame other people for his defeat last week because
1: everybody was involved in not quite keeping best friends off to one side as it. There well. was me thinking he was going to be talking to someone behind the camera and saying, oh, sorry, can you just lower the boom a little bit? Yeah, huh? good.
2: <laughs> the... Did you hate me? Go on. What do you hate? <laughs> <laughs> that was bad by all standards, sir. <laughs> Um, I'll write it down.
1: Hang on.
2: <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, Dan House and Kirsten last week. Right, this will I know, I know for a goddamn fine fact. This will be received or like be presented in a- through like AEW's not supernatural lens as oh, he's living rent free in Adam Cole's head. So that annoys me. Just don't use that verbiage. But you know what I mean. Like yeah. the curse is like, oh, you have put us off my bloody you know, off my stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why... Unless they've got big plans for Cassidy, I don't know why they've done this. If, in fact, it is going to be cool versus Page at Revolution. But let's go with the basis that it is. It's cake the, and eat it booking. Yeah, it's, it's fun, cake and eat it booking. So if they're going to do something with Cassidy... Like, people like Cassidy, so they want to make Cassidy fans happy, but you can do something else with cool at the same time. Is it... Is something that's a little bit puzzling, in fact, deft? Because if Dan Housen... If you're nothing else... You're very popular. You've, you've <laughs> got a fandom. Adam Cole breaking the hearts of followers of cult favourite Danhausen by beating him up. In a match where Danhausen does the usual AEW thing of showing something in, def, uh, in defeat, Adam Cole being really reviled as the person who ruins the Danhausen fun, getting the heat on him ahead of Revolution is something they could build towards tonight.
3: I really like that. And not just because I think it'd be funny to see Dan Housen get decked in, yes. week, in week two. Be like quite a nice... He's still got a
1: broken leg as well. <laughs> and it,
3: well, like, it was just some expectations, would not it? He's come in and people are just obviously really thrilled. His fans are really, really thrilled. But nobody would expect him to, like, eat a Panama Sunrise on week two. Yes. Or, or something along those, something that's safe from the boom, maybe. Something that's safe for him to take, potentially. Yeah, that's great. That's That's fun. That's very nice and very evil. Yes, it is. <laughs>
1: Uh, let's talk about a mouth-watering match tonight, Sige. It is the House of Black uh,
2: versus <laughs> Pac and Penta El Zero Miedo. Uh, surely only one winner. In this There's one. only one winner, and it's the House of Black, and I can't wait for this match. I think it'll be awesome. I think if you want to retain, like, Big Bang Theory viewers, like, look at the collection of dudes in this match. You've got bodies, in sculpted bodies in the, in the form of Pac. You've got like face paint, masked superhero, and the f- look of like Penta, like an incredibly eye catching yeah. guy. You've got the entrance of Malachi Black, which completely presents AEW as like an alternative to WWE because like they don't go that hard and that like evil looking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Coley Adam. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's like it's striking how like. Like a really obscure, critically acclaimed like post-metal band doing their goddamn entrance. Oh no, that's Malachi mm. Black's. They've got a really like go hard, hardcore band. Mm. Yeah. Um doing the House mm. of Black's entrance. Uh got Malachi Black with his. Like, it's just it's a series of striking images that will make the entrances to the most available viewers they'll ever have from the lead-in to go from that striking collection of images to an incredible pro wrestling match this has to kind of be the opener i think in terms of the winner how's the battle gonna win yeah um penta at this point you can take fall upon fall realistically because he'll be made new again the second that phoenix come back pack can do more on the singles so i would just sorry penta but i'd pin you it. <laughs> <laughs> what's gonna rule about this match is that it's going to be a little bit in structure, I suspect, like a match we all watch live, uh, War Raiders versus um, Ricochet and Black, in Ricochet in Black, and Black yeah. where it's like, we can do loads of flippy, like, incredible moves. So can we, and we're mm. massive, and it's like, yes, it's so <laughs> awesome. Because you're going to have Pac and Malachi Black start, potentially, and then you're going to see some absolutely incredible state-of-the-art, very, very impactful pretty deranged work, and then Brody King's going to do, like, some mad dive to the outside, where you expect it to be ground to a halt when the big lad comes in, but you know he can just do some ballistic stuff. I think this will be class. I think they'll build to the Brody King spot, which will be awesome, like Masters, and it's one of those matches where, like, yes, wins and losses matter, but, like, if something rules so hard, you will not think any less of Pac and Penta for losing it. Yeah, I share that enthusiasm
3: completely. I'm really, really excited for this match. Like, It's going to be nice to have Pac back. And just before it got a bit daft, tie in the vignettes to what he wants to do, which is enact some revenge through his chosen form of violence on the baddies. But like to simplify something that should have been way more simple in the first place, that's what Pac wants to do. I'm not in uh, a lot of the aesthetics of this feud but I'm very, very much into the visuals of the match. And that's the difference. The physicality is going to make all the difference. Um, already, House of Black and uh, K- Kings of the Black thrown the team, anyway, yes. the unit via Brody King's arrival, has made... It's taken Malachi Black from being, like, a bit of a flair player, a bit of an Andre Arshavin, to scoring a hat-trick <laughs> as a worker. You know, like, kind of, you're seeing the content rather than the, rather than the once, fluff. Yeah. <laughs> He's become more like all of a sudden. I see him as a feature player again, mm. whereas he was just starting to be flair, wasn't he? It was all a bit like, oh, he he does his goo adjacent toxic juice stuff rather than where's the great matches, Malachi? Where's the matches gone? And Brody King is going to bring that back in this tag run that we called all along, was going to be absolutely mint. And I think this is going to be the first confirmation that tonight. It's going to feel, and there's not enough of this in AEW for me, it's going to feel like the payoff to something. Like, let's get this done. Like, let's have. It should have been Penter and Phoenix, but let's have it be Penter and Pack, and have House of Black win. Huge win for them in terms of the rankings, in terms of their momentum. Drawing a line under something that still feels like it's dragged out from the days of the um, Cody, Andrade, Malachi Pack mess. That, that four-way, the pay-per-view, it still mm. feels like we're kind of, because Pack's involvement and Malachi Black's there, it's like, I just want to be done with this now. So the match is going to feel like an actual conclusion of something and it's going to totally rule.
1: What's what are they, they going to do? Eye stirf with Pack
2: because obviously he's been wearing the the whatever it's called over his eyes. You know what? They might do Revolution 2019 stirf, and Pac could wear the patch and take it off and then win. Are you feeling better, Pac? Why, well, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> reveals it, it reveals it, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get as bad as him.
1: I was just going to suggest that at one point in the match, maybe the lights go out as a tease for a future member of the House of Black. We just hear this. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> Never know. Uh, we've also got Nyla Rose versus Ruby Soho tonight. Nyla Rose looking for a bit of uh, revenge on Ruby Soho for a, what Nyla claims to be a fluke victory in that TBS uh, Eliminator tournament. Does she get the revenge for you tonight, Hamlet? I really hope so. Um...
3: You look at the way AEW books. And after certain periods, if a profiled wrestler—it's in—it's in an attempt to earnestly preserve the meritocracy—if a profiled wrestler goes on a run of defeats or a run of performances that maybe don't warrant quite as much profile, they book honestly and earnestly an attempt to maybe phase them back in favor of somebody that should be in that place. So it's—I know it's sounding like I'm dressing up turn-taking, but I'm really not. It's just that—that's the way that you ideally keep as many people as happy and as creatively satisfied as possible, knowing that if you're on a downswing, it's all right, because another one might come your way soon enough. Nyla Rose has been a once-a-month pop factory. You know, she only gets one turn on Dynamite every sort of four or six weeks, but it's piss-funny when she does. And her in-ring's getting better and better and better. And I just think Ruby Soho hasn't particularly delivered in these big spots, but... In front of a it's not a home crowd, but it sort of feels like one. There's a spiritual she's not from Chicago, is she? It's just a no, spiritual. No, will
2: have nice memories of her debuting there. Yeah,
3: like the and it's uh Rancid. Rancid, yeah, uh, like that's all that's linked it's to not Chicago. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like it'll just it'll feel <laughs> We're covering this a lot in this episode, which is making me worry that it is two 2WB, but it's like oh, there's there's heat to get because Ruby's almost almost hometown, hometown adjacent. But this is a pretty cool way to Capitalize on what you were getting with Nyla Rose every sort of four or six weeks, and give like sort of move things back in her direction, get her back on a winning, not just a winning path, but a visible winning path. Not for all I know, she's number one in the rankings because of dark or something. I don't know <laughs> about that. I'm talking about getting two, or three wins on um, two, or three wins on Dynamite, so that all of a sudden Jade Cargill needs to be looking over her shoulder or, what or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, she was performing in the limited shots she was getting in a way that warranted reward, and I think it starts
1: here. I hope so as well. I I think Nyla Rose should win here for the exact reason you mentioned there, the the Jay Cargill aspect, because she can turn around to Jay Cargill and say, you kind of got lucky avoiding me in the tournament and look at all the little, I'm not saying Anna Jay's little, but, you know, people people aren't on your size level you've been facing to defend this TBS championship and this is the first step as Hamlet alluded to on that road to setting up what would be a huge title match and a great one for Jay Cargill to learn in as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nyla Rose has got enormous potential as a baby face. Like mm. people pop Daphra, She's got she's killing the game on Twitter. Yeah. Killing the game. I'm 36 years old. Gate said. <laughs> and I'm saying killing the game on a goddamn podcast. I feel sick. Um <laughs> she's incredible at Twitter. She's very good at it. People, she's got a really um growing cult following. She's earned all of this as Hamlet said. And I've completely sold every last single share of Ruby Soho stock. She was brought in to be the Worker who can give you great matches in this division because there aren't that many because it's a potential game as we've been hearing about for two years. I've sold my stock, I've got no real interest in her chase because I don't think it's going to realize itself with great matches. Um, character work's not particularly strong, no need for any shocked faces after Yeah, Yeah, It's out in this so match. performance centered with the acting, like the character work is what it is. She's essentially failed let's face it with the worst possible character with which you can fail her character has essentially been shouldn't fired me i'm gonna prove you wrong you haven't Mm -hmm. so it's like it just gets worse and she gets less convincing Mm. and less worthy of your support the more she doesn't really deliver in the spot um it's a shame um but it is what it is and I'm desperate. I, I am not an arsehole. Like, I'm not a cruel guy. I don't want it to fail. I'm desperate for this to be yeah. a success. I'll be really invested as a human being in... Oh, Ruby, come on. Get it right. But as a fan, I'm not invested in this at all because the stock is gone. Um, I I think Ruby Soho wins. They've been quite... They're very long-term in their booking pictures. Very persistent as well. I get what Hamford's saying, but they are very persistent. It feels like they've been really building Ruby various interactions like they've n- they've never forgot this Baker thread with her so I worry that Ruby h- Soho is going to do it and I, I worry about the match quality as well you know what you, you get a little bit cruel when this sort of thing happens as well it's like stop buddying around with Bryce Ramsberg I know you're friends but he's a referee so. yeah. yeah keep it professional keep it professional it was nice that one moment but you know mm. come on
1: We'll talk a little bit more about a uh, professional, a WWE release set to debut on AEW Dynamite tonight in a second. But first, uh, there's more fallout from last week. What is next for you, uh, Siege, in terms of, of, well, I suppose you could include Cody in this, but Sammy Guevara uh, and, and, to a certain extent,
2: Cody as well. It's time for Sammy Guevara to do that which he failed to do the first time around, and that is Bret Hart 1995. It's the best frame of reference, right? Bret Hart 1995. With the weakest WWE roster of all time. Ninjas, pirates, dentists, idiots, <laughs> sex perverts. Yeah. Steals in the show and piffies. Two years after this, first of doing it. <laughs> Bret Hart was just having like incredible incredible matches. He made that promotion worth watching during its... I would like to think In like 2020's worse. Like it's, yeah, it was worse because Bret Hart wasn't there in 2020. Bret Hart <laughs> was there in 1995, and Bret Hart made that golden eagle still feel like something in a high school gym with these caricatures that he was asked to work because Bruce Pritchard hadn't yet been replaced in the affections of Vince McMahon by Vince Russo at this point. And that's going to happen again. <laughs> Pretty soon. Sammy Guevara needs to be Bret Hart in 1995. And the, the big indictment is he's got way better opponents, yes. caliber-wise, than Bret Hart did in 1995. A great mm. champion, feels like a champion, no matter who is facing in that ring. Bret Hart felt like a champion always. Sammy Guevara felt like a champion against Jay Lethal. And it was weirdly downhill from there. Um, He felt like a champion against Cody, but is that the Cody factor? He needs to work X, let's face it, Y guy who's just still around too often and make sure that rub, that incredible performance last week was genuinely merited or whether he was in there with... Basically, the guy you can call the championship maker in AEW and Cody Rhodes.
1: do you think what they should do? I'm actually intrigued to know what you think about this because I, I haven't made my mind up. Do you think they should like build matches for a few weeks rather than have him do the whole "I I don't care, I'll fight anyone" in the words of Pete Dunn sort of thing? Or
2: Brummy Guevara
1: is the is, <laughs> is the draw is the draw him having mad matches like he had with with uh, Cody and the TNT Championship, and just open challenging it every week, effectively. They've
2: built Scorpio Sky for long enough, that Jesus Christ, just get to the point on that one. Yeah. So Scorpio Sky, I expect to be in his future, so that's probably literally what is next for Sammy Guevara, because he's already beaten Page, and Cody beat Page as well, um, and Moxie beat Page to the optics. I think Sky is, that could be a great match as well. um, But in terms of the general direction, you know what I like, the TV title gimmick, um... I would just prefer this to be a TV title open challenge thing. It's up to the champion. It's like, it's a total, like, like, it steals you. It makes you a star or not. And I like that route rather than do like an intricate booking because you see enough that, like, I see enough sagas on this goddamn TV program. I like the bite size weekly match graphic. Can you make this feel like a title match? It's like, it's an open challenge, but it's in fact a challenge directed towards the champion who's got the Kind of a smart.
3: hidden thing in the labors of Jericho, wasn't it? Yeah. You had that once a week thing that was part of a bigger story, but really it was more about that week's yeah. match. That was the, you couldn't bring in a Nick Gage for like a six-week arc. Yeah. But <laughs> it would work fantastically for an announcement one week and a match the next. Yeah, I, I the, my thing with Sammy Guevara is after the match last week, I couldn't, I was racking my brains trying to work out who, not so much who, you, like it's, the roster's really deep and there's loads of fun you can have with loads of different parents. I couldn't really think of who I wanted him to fight a revolution. You know what I mean? There was no... You, Scorpio Sky's, like, incoming, isn't it? It's going to be in the next couple of weeks. But there's no angle set up, particularly. And one of the only people I could think of was Miro, because, and I don't know his injury status, I was just thinking, well, he's been gone, and he hasn't had the opportunity to avenge him. And I would see them, I could see them running it back on a pay-per-view, because it just feels big. You know, Miro needs to reclaim the title, because he needs to reclaim the love of his wife, or whatever. But I just, I don't know. And I put that on... It's funny that you make the Bret Hart thing, because it's like, well, here's all these people, but I'll still watch because it's Bret there's all of these people, but none of them I'm thinking of pairing with Sammy right now. So maybe I just need to be shown something. Maybe, they, maybe they've maybe they got somebody in the chamber that I can't spot. And tonight you set it up or tonight you allude to it for the first time. And, and there they were all along. And tomorrow, and that's that's been one of the best things about AEW, isn't it? You think it's going to go this way, this way, this way. And then they say, oh, it was actually this guy. And you're like, That's even better than I wanted. Yeah. So hopefully that's how it's going to play out with Sammy Guevara.
1: And quick word on Cody. Do you think he's even on this show?
3: Well, I saw an interview with him last week and uh, the real truth teller tells me that he hasn't signed a contract yet. So unless uh, Tony Khan wants to get a checkbook out, Cody will not be on Dynamite, my prediction. Nah, it's, look, that match was amazing. Cody's brilliant. Cody's a star maker and still a star. So I actually want him to, you know, be a bit low, be very uncody and be a bit low-key. Sell the damage of an awesome moment-filled match last week and take a week off.
1: Ditto. Uh, finally, uh, we are expecting a WWE release to debut on AEW tonight. <laughs> Not you. Um, <laughs> Brian Kendrick. Love Brian Kendrick. Uh, what an introduction to AEW usage. Welcome. Here is John Moxley, who's probably got his own thing going on with Brian Danielson going
2: forward. Yeah, I don't know how Tony Khan does this, but <sighs> I would never have put Brian Kedrick on, I would like to see this guy in AEW, and yet you put him in a match graphic with Moxley, yes. and you just remember Spanky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you think, all right, I'll have a bit of that. I'll absolutely have a little bit of that. Um, this is going to be really good, I suspect. Like, really, really... What are you laughing
1: at? I'm just, I'm just thinking of the, the knockoff theme. He's got a plan, or something like <laughs> <laughs> He's a man and a man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Like, he's got this very a man with a flare. <laughs> he's got a wiry face. Blanket. shut the f up. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Kendrick is going to instantly feel not like that guy who is proto boring edge <laughs> on two five yeah. live. AW's got this because they've done such a good job of curating history almost and remembering history, it's just going to feel like the old Brian Kendrick, mm. like an incredibly sympathetic worker who can just look so kind of, not frail, but very wiry. It looks like everything hurts him a little bit more and in turn makes it look that little bit more impressive when he does a comeback. Like, as much as I'm up for this match, it's a TV attraction when it happens. Like, Spanky versus Danielson. Like, do that. Yeah.
3: Please do that. <laughs> like, it's funny you mentioned Danielson. Like, really... He on Rampage. Get your money's worth. Get, like, get, get two nights out of him too. A double shot. It really doesn't hurt that his name's Brian, does it? Yeah. Because if this doesn't open, and I think it will. I actually think this will open. But if it doesn't, and Moxley does one of his awesome backstage Moxley things where you just fall in love with him all over again as if it's the first time, and he just keeps saying... I'm sorry, but I'm going to absolutely batter you, Brian. Yeah, I respect you as a wrestler, Brian. I respect what you've done, Brian. But, Brian, when the, when the bell rings, I'm going to brutalise you. And it's like, I see you pulling them funny faces on telly, but I can do them too because I'm John Moxley and I've done this longer than you in AEW. So I like that you can play with that if you want to. I do, I do think it's going to open up. And the first thing you're going to see is Moxley walking out the ring, as we always do, through the crowd, hot start, all that kind of thing. And then the Brian Kendrick Spanky whichever he gets to pick it's going to feel like the best one i don't know if it's going to be ring of honor spanky and he's going to like peg it to the ring and look like a little bit crazy and just can't believe looks around at the building wide eyed sort of like this this isn't the ring of honor i remember what's happened what's happened to the indies <laughs> or he's going to do the cool swagger in the brian kendrick
2: leather jacket anything deal anything except the boring edge stuff
3: yeah like all the personas that they didn't use because most of them have been pretty cool
2: Get London next. Oh my god, yeah, I've already campaigned for this on the news this morning. They are allowed to do a can they coexist storyline between Mox and Danielson if it's London and Kendrick? Yeah. Mox and Kendrick versus London
3: and Danielson? Yes! Join the
2: swarm! So, these are uh, seals, <laughs> seals flying around. Flying around. And the <laughs> gallop
1: If you don't know what we were referencing it, go and watch it. Before. I uh, retweeted it like somebody, I
3: must have tweeted it a year ago and it's popped up on somebody's memory. They sent it to me. So, I've just retweeted it like today. It's, uh, I Go treat yourself. It's, uh, I'd like to introduce my partner, Brian Dennison. My pod
2: partner. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's class. I, you I, go in the middle of them. Yeah, and they can go to town on either end. <laughs> like they are so. Like the coolest, funniest yeah. wrestlers with the nicest indie hair you've ever seen.
3: Oh, you like? Imagine you, them in bulletproof. I was just going to say, in bulletproof, like the girl that you've been in love with all along would leave you like that for both of them.
1: <laughs> a swarm combo. I, I, a swarmer. Love, I love Paul London. Uh, yeah. London and Kendrick we were huge fans of them back in the day, and I really like Brian Kendrick, which is why I don't know why my brain has said. So I think the finish of this match should be uh, John Moxley chokes out Brian Kendrick. Doesn't <laughs> so get a pinfall <laughs> yeah. victory, and then he goes on to face Brian Danielson, and he caves his head in, and the ref just calls it because they're trying to show that they can both brutalise Brian Kendrick. I don't know why I have thought that, but what do you think the finish for this is? Siege?
2: Bulldog choke. Kendrick could sell the absolute yeah. bejesus to that.
1: Well, let us know your thoughts ahead of AEW Dynamite tonight. Will Shane McMahon show up? No, uh, but you know, you can feel free to speculate on everything at What <laughs> WWE on Twitter. Watch well, actually, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit or Michael Sidgwick at um, Sidgwick. Oh, and if you like us talking about AEW, you're going to like Michael Sidgwick writing about AEW even more. You can get his book, Becoming All Elite, wherever you get your Amazon stuff from, <laughs> localamazon.com. <laughs> Where did you get your Amazon stuff from? Amazon. (laughs) Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureW. As I said, make sure you subscribe to Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Our NXT O review is available right now. And our review of this show will be in your feed tomorrow as soon as it is released. But for now, this has been the AEW Dynamite Preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon.